game. But as far as the coaching staff is concerned, you put together a game plan. It is locked on Jazz for the now you got of April. The, game one went exactly as I expected. A defensive so battle. The Jazz take advantage of Dallas and their lack of ball handlers. Rudy Gobert. By the way, amazing and great recognition throughout the game by Donovan Mitchell and the rest of the crew. What to expect in game two. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Number one team in the league in bump 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 Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. I strongly suggest making Locked on Mavericks your second. Uh, and thank you very much. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, uh, where you can join the chat room and all that's taking place. Glad to have you with us. Thanks very much for uh, tuning in. Uh, Jorgis from Greece, Bryce from Australia, uh, Jordan, uh, JJ, James, Marcus. I'm waiting for our, our crew from Uruguay to come back. He's, he was actually in and around with the team. Um, so glad to have you. On the program today. All right. Uh, game one went exactly as I expected. And I want to get into that. But first, I want to share what I got to do. Uh, we didn't get a chance to share Thursday night. I actually got to call two of the scholarship kids um, that were uh, chosen by uh, the Utah Jazz to receive their scholarship. Uh, Ryan, who lives in St. George. Um, incredible story. I believe her dad has been in prison and her mom's been in and out in rehab and she's working, living with her grandparents. Her dad has Alzheimer's and she's worked her way through this and she'll be going to the university of Utah. Uh, it was really a, it was, it was a really incredible moment. Um, just to, to feel that program and to see, um, that, and then Alan, uh, who was over at Ghost East high school, um, was actually working over at Ross, had to step away when we first called, get in the meal room. Um, and uh, he has been, uh, his dad's ill since his senior year. He's been working to support his family. Uh, and he'll be going to the University of Utah, full ride scholarship. Uh, really just a cool thing to get to to touch that, feel it, and under, and see, literally see what that program does. It, it, honor to be a part of it. Uh, incredibly moving. Uh, totally balling uh it was it, i picked up the phone I've, I've done a lot of cool things in my life i haven't picked up the phone much faster and called my wife and daughter and shared with them uh what that was like it was i got right to the hotel room first thing we did actually all of us before we did the round table i think all of us picked up the phone called our spouses and families to share the experience before we did that round table so um really a absolutely absolutely awesome uh experience i wanted to Wanted to mention that before we do anything else. It's just a great sign. You know, we all want to win a championship and everything, but if we can use the organization to change the lives of people, it's it's really important stuff. Um, 
By the way, if you're an NFL draft fan, the ultimate mock draft is out. We do it with Odyssey, which is the largest sports radio company in the country. And uh, it's one of the best things we do. It's a six-day series mocking up the NFL draft, walking into it. It's uh, called the ultimate mock draft if you search it on your podcast players. It's a it's pretty great. All right. So game one went exactly as I thought. If Luka plays, we have a really hard time stopping them ever. At the same time, we're going at Luka every single possession, and I think they would have a hard time stopping us too. And it becomes a very offense. Everyone's They would have a natural strength going into every possession with Luka that we wouldn't have an answer to. We'd do the best. We'd pick our poison, but we'd be at a weakness, and then they'd pick us apart because Luka's the great, probably the best offensive player in the world, if not Jokic. And, and, and we just wouldn't, we can't stop. You can't stop it. Like we just wouldn't be able to, it's, he's too good. And he'd pick in, he'd find Finney Smith for open threes and he'd find Bullock for open threes. And, um, and that would, and then on the other side, we would go at Luca. We pulled Luca up for, I think 41 pick and rolls in two games, which is about 20% that he had all year. So we clearly did this more than anyone else. And we averaged about 1.45 points per possession. So then they wouldn't be able to handle that. And they'd be at a weakness. And we'd get the blender going and passing it out and doing all those things. It would have been a very offensive-based series. Luca would have turned it over. We would have run. There's That's just how that series would, would be. Now it's a defensive series until Luca comes back. Um, and the reason is because and the, my concern coming in is whether we're going to be able to score. And we couldn't score. That they don't have a lot of defensive weaknesses. We're we're making Spencer Dinwiddie play an awful lot of defense. We went at Davis Bertans, who's probably their one really weak defensive player who's on the floor at times. They're better defensively with Maxi Kleeb on the floor than with Dwight Powell, but they're better offensively, vice versa. That's just their choice. And so I you know, we're gonna have a hard time scoring. Dorian Finney Smith gives Donovan fits. He did, you know, coming into the series, Donovan's numbers weren't good against Finney Smith. They weren't good in, in game one. And and so this is the series now. We have a hard time scoring, and they have a hard time scoring. And eventually, we kind of broke through it. We actually had Bogey carry us for a little while. Then Donovan has the monster third, and collectively, we win in the fourth. But that's what the series is now. Until Luka comes back, it's a defensive series. It was predominantly in the half court. Both teams spent about only spent 11% of their possessions in transition. Nobody could get to the rim. Nobody could get threes. It was obscene how many... Uh, floaters and mid-range twos were taken in this game. Um, but that's a sign that the offenses really can't get what they want. The Jazz took 29 floaters and the Mavericks took 21. We took 21 shots at the rim. They took 16. So they took 37 shots in the paint and we took f- 50 shots in the paint. It's not a good paint. Numbers are not good. The Shooting at the rim, while we were actually only 57% and they were only 50%, is a much better shot than shooting from eight feet out, nine feet out floaters. We were 13 of 29. They were 10 of 21. So both teams were half decent at that. The real numbers, we took 40 non-paint twos. And they took 28. And we did not get to play our game. 40 non-paint twos is not how the Utah Jazz play. We were only four of 13 on catch and shoot threes. We were only three of nine on off the bounce threes. We usually take 16 off the bounce threes. They're playing their big high. We'd come up the pick. They'd pick us up super high. And we just didn't have any room for our guards to be able to come in and take off the bounce three-point shots. And we then were in the half court. We only played in 11% of our transition possessions. 
So we did not play this game in a way that we wanted to play at all. In, in, you can really look at that two ways. One is that's a great sign that we won game one playing in a very, very different style than what we would regularly want to play or do. The other side would be, I'm not sure we can win seven games that way. And if you remember, I said this before the Clipper game too. Excuse me, that was really loud. Um, In the Clipper series, I actually had said the same, I said the same thing if you go back after game two and said, we're playing in a style that's going to be very hard for us to win. This might not be as hard because this team's not as good without Luka as the Clippers were without Kawhi um, because they don't have Paul George. But us only taking 22 threes, taking that many twos, not running at all, that's a taxing, difficult way for us to win. Dallas has to be really pleased with that. Um, the, The game one bends on the fact that Dallas is thin. They're built with Luka, the highest usage rate, maybe in the history of the game. You know, one of the single most important players, third leading scorer in the league, assist, rebound, and he does everything. I, I actually think one of the things I didn't think about Chuck Cooperstein, the Mavericks voice pointed out, was the defensive rebounding. But the real impact is is they there's a few things they just don't have on their roster. So one is they only have two. The whole point was Spencer Dinwiddie, which everyone you know thinks the Spencer Dinwiddie signing was such a great one, which it was, or trade, was they gave him another ball handler. Well, now they're down to two. And when you look at the... Here's the Maverick Manifesto for those on YouTube. It's about eight pages long of just data. Um, When you look at the Mavericks off-the-bounce three-point shooting, Doncic took 492 during the year, second most to Trey Young. And then Brunson took only 80 in 82 games. He shot 31%. Dinwiddie took 47 in his time with the Mavericks. Then Bullock took 30. Finney Smith took 28. And Bertans took six. They don't have off-the-bounce three-point shooters. They don't have off-the-bounce playmakers. They they have Brunson and Dinwiddie as the two guys that can make plays for them. And so they were 0 for 6 on off-the-bounce threes in this game. When both of them were on the floor the other night, they were plus one. But the minute one of the guys went off the floor in the other 20, 19 minutes of the game. They shot nine of 30 and three of 15 from three. So 33% shooting and 20% from three. With Spencer Dinwiddie was on by himself. They were four of 11 with one of eight from three. And when Jalen Brunson was on by himself, they were five of 19, two of nine from three. So the Jazz also did a brilliant job of not letting Dinwiddie and Brunson, when by themselves, uh, create for other people. This also is how Rudy Gobert was just a monster. But I'll explain why this why this allows Rudy Gobert to be the monster that he was. And then there's some interesting little side things that happen inside the game with matchups and some other aspects as we uh, continue as the uh, here on Locked On Jazz. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy, located out in Woods Cross, as well as in Logan. Uh, they do great work over there. The Murdochs have decided that they will not charge anyone more 
than MSRP. That's just an incredible commitment on their part with the car shortage going on. Blake just simply said, we just don't want to be, you know, heading into grocery stores and churches and places of the community and know that we, you know, charged uh, an extra three, four, five thousand $5,000 because we could. It's just not who we're going to be. It's a great testament. Uh, to who the Murdochs are. The Chevy lineup, obviously, the Colorado and the Silverado trucks made like no other. There's nothing quite like a Chevy truck. The SUV lineup has the Suburban and the Tahoe at the top line. And then much better, much more, like not talked about a lot, but the Traverse is fabulous. Then you move down the line, you have the new Blazer rebuild. Then the tracks, absolutely fabulous there. Or you can go get your Corvette and soup around for the summer. If you're heading over to Murdoch Chevy in either Woodscross or in Logan, feel free to email me first at dlock at 09 at gmail.com. We'll set you up with a VIP meeting. It's Murdoch Chevy. Today's show is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. I did not bring my Athletic Greens on the road, and I have to admit, I'm really missing my AG1. Um, at home, it's become a part of my routine. Um, it's just so easy, and it's good, and it good for you. I get with one scoop, I'm absorbing 75 high quality uh, vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, um, all to help me out start the day right. Ingredients that, for your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all those things are absolutely fabulous um, and is really become a part of my lifestyle. And I didn't bring it on the road, even though I get that really cool travel piece and that little canister. I totally could have. I just didn't do it. Sports better sleep, sports mental clarity. Uh, these are all the reasons. Plus, it just tastes good and gets why it has 7,000 five-star reviews. Okay, make it easy. Go to Athletic Greens and get your first year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs. See, I have five travel packs. With my first purchase and your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So because Dallas does not have multiple ball handlers, and you can go listen to Locked On Mavericks today and see if they're talking about this, it means that Rudy kind of knows where stuff's coming from. And Rudy was just a monster. Now, I mean, he was a monster. They couldn't get to the rim. They curled out. And then they don't have a second ball handler, so they can't bring, unless they have Brunson and Dinwiddie on the floor together, they can't bring a multiple drive attacks. You know, one of the things you want to do with us is you engage Rudy, bring him out, and then move it and drive a second guy. They don't really have that right now without Luka. And they don't have it when only one of them's on the floor. So Brunson's driving, covering. The other thing, if you look and dig into Brunson and Dinwiddie's numbers, like Dinwiddie's not a floater guy. Like, and he's not even a mid-range jumper guy. He, like, he's only pulled up on four of 41 isolation drives all year long. And Brunson really doesn't like to pull up a great deal. He's 7 of 19 on pull-up jumpers going right. But they couldn't get to the rim. So they're suddenly taking shots they would never take otherwise. And that led them into a much lower percentage shots. And Powell inside trying to attack Rudy. Back-to-back plays with Dinwiddie in the third quarter. You know, he's the greatest defensive player in the world. It's such a gift to have him and watch him play uh, every single day. And and then there was a a really neat little thing that happened in the game where Dinwiddie was trying to get himself switched on to Bogey uh, on a bunch of plays, and then Bogey just started guarding Dinwiddie. Like, I don't know the backstory, but what I saw happen is 
Dallas is like playing some action to get this switch. And the Jazz were and like either the Jazz did it or Bogey did. It, I have no idea. It's like, fine, let me just guard him. And it stagnated what Dallas was doing offensively because now Dinwiddie's just driving Bogey instead of any movement because they're they were using the movement to get the switch. And so it allowed Rudy to kind of see where they were coming from even more so than otherwise. Um, Josh Green, Maxi Kleba were the guys that got into the corner so Rudy could hover when they went five out. Kleba's 6'10". He pl- shoots the three, plays on the outside. Josh Green was the wing player. We did not have the did not have Rudy guarding Dorian Finney-Smith much, who's shooting 50% from three recently and 48% or 46% from the corner, which makes a lot of sense. You don't really want to allow that. And the Jazz did a great job of uh of of denying that in the ball game. Uh but Josh Green and Maxi Kleba missed those shots. And Maxi hit one late, missed the other. Maxi's been shooting since the All-Star break, Maxi Kleba is shooting 19% from 3. Green is just really a rookie, he's just young. He's a 37% corner 3 shooter. So that shot should fall at some point in time here. And that's a risky way for us to live and probably need to have better closeouts on that um, than we did in in game one. Um, The key to the whole thing for the Jazz in this now, what has become a half-court grinder, difficult game to play, difficult to score offensively, is offensive rebounding. And according to Cleaning the Glass, the Jazz got 44% of their offensive rebounds. And that's going to, you know, can you replicate that in game two? That's the number that I think it was 32.5% of all their offensive rebounds. Um, Can the Jazz replicate that number? When the Jazz offensive rebound, they win. You know, there's a few bellwether notes on the Jazz. When the Jazz get over 32% of their offensive rebounds, they're 21 and 8. But they're 28 and 25 if they don't. We have an offensive rating of over 115. We're 39 and 7. So we really won very differently than we usually do because we usually win games offensively this year. We have not won a lot of games defensively this season. Our offensive rating was a 110. We're 10 and 26 this year if our offensive rating is under 115. We just have not had the ability to win games in that fashion. If we shoot an effective field goal percentage of 54%, we're 37 and 10. Our effective field goal percentage was 47.6. Now, the one thing we did do is had a defensive clampdown. And when our defensive rating is under 109, we're 36 and 4. So if we can stop, you know, what that really means is if our defense can play a little bit better than average at 109, then we end up with enough offensive prowess, kind of no matter what, to be able to win the game. And the no matter what was rebounding. One of the biggest plays to me in the entire game, I mean, Donovan Steele, Royce is three, but is Hassan Whiteside's offensive rebound. They go small and bring Bertans in as center Whiteside's the minute Whiteside checked in, so they're going to make Whiteside guard in space, which he can't do. It's a pretty smart play, and the uh, Jazz go and Whiteside gets an offensive rebound 
and puts it back up and in. And that's it for that. They, they, they stop it immediately. They don't play Bertans the center. I think we'll see it again. Frankly, the thing about it, though, is they've got a, they're really thin, and Bertans is a problem. He only got three shots in the whole game. One of them is an offensive rebound off a missed free throw. If he's not getting shots in the ball game and the Jazz are hunting him defensively, then it's going to be hard for them to justify why they have Bertans on the floor. The Jazz got Berton, went after Bertans. I think they shot. I had it in my Twitter thread. If you didn't see my Twitter thread at DLock09, it was fairly extensive. It's worth probably finding. The Jazz shot 7 of 10 when Bertans was defending. They shot 7 of 11 when Dinwiddie was defending. Just 5 of 19 when Finney Smith was defending. 8 of 17 when Bullock was defending. 4 of 14 when Cleve was defending. And 7 of 10 when Powell's defending. But if Bertans can't defend and doesn't get shots off, I don't know how they play him. And he, in every playoff series, Bertans has played at some point in time, he actually no longer plays. He's basically been played off the floor every single series that he's played in his career. And I don't know what they do with his minutes if he's not available to them if it's if he becomes a negative player. But that will be a key part. I'm sure they'll try it again. And from there, when they do try it again, you'll see whether, you know, it's going to be vital. Watch the offensive glass. Um, and the Jazz crashed, and Dallas didn't play transition because that's like the oldest myth uh, in the game. Uh, the other one that was just, there was a collective energy to the game. Um, Bogey early, recognizing what was going on. He said in the presser yesterday, like, hey, they're going to game plan for Donovan and JC and Mike, and 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 I'm available, and, and him there. Uh, Finney Smith was really, really good on Donovan. Donovan has a hard time with Finney Smith. Rightfully so. The dude might be the best wing defender in the NBA. And so Bogey's going to make plays, and we'll see whether there's an adjustment there that opens up Don at all. Don missed some shots in the first half with the exact same shots he made in the second half. Um, the level of focus uh, was just outstanding by the Jazz uh, on three different plays. I'll talk about those next and prep us for game two uh, as we continue on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for making us our first listen of the day. Please feel free to go in our second listen. Have your second listen of the day be Locked on Mavericks. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Big choice this morning. Raspberry? What is this one? Cookie dough or grasshopper cookie? I have the classics with me on the road for my built bar this morning to get me going. Uh, plus, I'm out of puffs. I already ate all the puffs on the trip. Uh, they have built boost sale going on right now, but for the built bar, is the candy bar that tastes like a protein bar? No, wait, it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's hard to tell which it is, but that is. The, the bottom line is it's 130 calories. It's 2.5 fat grams. It's four net carbs and only four grams of sugar while getting 17 grams of protein on something that tastes like a candy bar. Puff Steel is available for you. 100% real chocolate outside every single one of them. 100%. Really delicious. It's Built Bar. Use the promo code LOCKED15 
15. That's locked 15 to get uh, built dot uh, at built.com to get 15% off. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at betonline.net, where you can get into all the action in the NBA today, today's games. Um, let's see what we have on today's games in the NBA, the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. Not coming up for me. That makes it really hard to tell you what I have. See if I can find it somewhere else. BetOnline.net, where I can get all the odds, all the stories, all the podcasts, all the live betting, all those things available for you at BetOnline.net, where the game starts and the line for the NBA today, three games coming up, and the Jazz are a five-and-a-half-point favorite over the Dallas Mavericks tonight. The money line is 215, and the over-under is 206.5. Philly's a 7.5-point favorite over Toronto, and the Warriors are a 7-point favorite over Denver in the three games today. Miami and Memphis both favored by 7, Phoenix by 10 on the Tuesday games. Wow, they don't see a lot of close ones in Game 2. Game 2 is actually usually where the road team steals one. Um. Chris wants to know, is the NBA TV blocked out for us tonight? I don't know why you care. Listen to Bowler and Thurl and Holly doing a great job. Make sure you get their game. And if you want to, you can listen to the radio as well. Um, any other questions that have come in? Um, you know, Mark is asking the Luca question. Is Luca comes back in game three or four? Any injury like that, would he be anywhere close to 100%? I doubt it. He'd look great moving around, by the way, uh, walking from his bench and all those things. Calf streams are real. Uh, Matthew points out Brunson on Conley. That's going to be an interesting part. I'll get to that in a second. That's one of the things to watch in game two. Mike's having a hard time guarding Brunson, but it's also not leading to threes. So, you know, it's just as important. Here, here are the things to watch in the three plays that jumped out to me yesterday, Donovan Steele with like 220 left is one of the best plays he's ever made defensively. It's the exact same play Drew Holiday. I think Andre Gudala got on him on the Warriors game and the Bucks game when we lose, when he's making the same move and he turns his back. He now came and did the same thing. And you could see him setting it up when you watch the replay. It was really fabulous. Dallas did something interesting at one point where they put Finney Smith on Gobert and had Kleba playing a hovering kind of middle, not guarding Royce. And the Jazz recognized it perfectly and really made three or four quick plays out of it, and Dallas got out of it. The, the thing in, that was impressive in the game yesterday by the Jazz was how often the Jazz recognized what was taking place from De- Dallas and how fast they, they reacted. And then, you know, I thought Bogey guarding Dinwiddie, like, fine, if you want to switch on to me here, I got you. It was, was kind of a statement of just how tough the man in black is, Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, so here are the things for game two, and then I'm going to run through my collective notes and make sure I didn't forget anything. Cause these are my notes from rewatching the game. Um, so can the jazz play their game? Can we get threes? Do we get out early? Do we get in transition any more than 11%? Can we get out of the floater zone? Dallas got to be ecstatic about what they did. Can we come in the lane, jump stop and hit a pass instead of always be throwing up the floater? Uh, and not turn it over and give away transition points on that. 
Uh, I think that'll be it. Number two, who's in the corner for Dallas? Who's going to be in the corner for Dallas in this game? It was Josh Green who missed those shots. It was Maxi Kleba. Does Dallas move guys around in their spacing and have different guys in the corner? And how does that impact where Rudy Gobert is? Conley-Brunson matchup. Can the Jazz avoid that? It wasn't great during the regular season. I believe Brunson shot six of nine when Conley was the defender. He was five of nine last night. So yesterday, so he's now 11 of 18 with Conley defending him. O'Neal does a really good job on Brunson. Uh, And so can, does House play at the same time? Can you put, you know, somebody else on Dinwiddie? We can't, you know, we're back in the same problem. We can't have two Royce O'Neals. Can Donovan guard Dinwiddie? Can Boyan guard Dinwiddie well enough? Uh, That's worth keeping an eye on. And then offensive rebounding. You got to punish them if they're going to play small. Make it so you can't play small against the Utah Jazz. And punish them uh, for going small in those moments. And if you can do that, um, then that'll hold it. All right. Uh, Any questions, throw them over in the chat room before we wrap this up. Uh, a few notes, just random. Here's just a random collection of notes that I didn't make my, like, organized structure of today's show. Um, started with a bunch of different handoffs, curls, pin downs, didn't come straight at them with a high pick and roll. Ran a bunch of different stuff early in that game that I thought got the Jazz ready. Um, Brunson and Dinwiddie taking uncomfortable shots. Donovan making right plays. Um, which then led to the third quarter explosion. Donovan coming off a double stagger. No room. Bigs up. He's really got no room in the paint. It actually makes me think there weren't many passing windows open either. Uh, Dallas has their big super high on the high pick and roll. Um, Dallas was trying to get House off Brunson. Second quarter notes. Uh, Dallas stopped switching for a while. They actually just stayed with their guys. Um Rudy got Dallas in foul trouble. Dallas played Cleveland Powell together, which was a disaster during the regular season. So you could see kid fiddling with stuff earlier. Stop passing to open the second quarter. We went one possession, no passes, no passes, no passes for a while. And we were really, I thought we were dead in the water down 39-32. And we actually came through it, which I thought was super impressive. Started attacking Dinwiddie a lot. Dallas's lack of ball handler showed. Um Uh, Rudy was stupid great to open the third quarter. I mean, ridiculous. Um, House and O'Neal, big plays, crashing boards, offensive rebounds. Ran Spain pick and roll, which is where we run the pick and roll and somebody sets a pick on Rudy and then pops out. That got open a few times. I think we'll see more of that. Um, We missed getting out in transition. Both teams went to zones rather mundane, I thought, on both sides in the third quarter. Um. We did some interesting things late where when Bertans was in the game, we just drove him and Rudy started in the dunker spot, which is to the side of the basket. Instead of coming up on a pick and roll or bringing Bertans, we just drove Bertans. We went small, small, and then just drove and Rudy in the dunker. And I thought that looked like it was going to work pretty well. I just expect we do a lot more of that in this game. Um, I mentioned the Finney on Smith on Gobert. Bertans at center, one play. Uh, Bogey on Dinwiddie. Bogey made some really bad defensive plays late. Donovan Steele at 220 left was the key to the game. All right, that is Locked on Jazz. 
Uh, I just uh, one of the questions was, uh, how do I see it if Luke had played? I just think it would have been a very offensive series. Um, Luke is great, so obviously be a lot harder, um, but it just would have changed the series entirely. Um, so I think that's. Um, That Tucker Brady says, is there a chance the Jazz can just break the Lucas Mavericks? I mean, if, if we go up 2-0 on the road, they're not they're like they're pros. They're not going to quit. They're going to come at us. But you wonder if you go up 2-0 on the road, does it impact the way they deal with Luke at all? I, my guess is it doesn't. That Luca comes back when he's healthy. He's a 23-year-old franchise piece, and when they're comfortable with him coming back, he'll come back. I, I think we're all overthinking it. I just think it's gonna it could take. Logic actually takes you to game five. Um, or But 24-hour stim, much more in the regular season, you know, maybe it gets him back faster. Um, maybe he stuns us all in place tonight. But you're, he, he wasn't moving very well. So, but there's not, I mean, I guess if they're down 3-0, they could decide, you know what, let's see if we can win a game before we try to bring Luka back. Now, you know, if you bring Luca back and you go to three one, you go home. It's three two. Like you don't go. I mean, it, it happens fast, as we've learned. So I, I, I think if Luca's ready, he'll play. All right, that is locked on Jazz today. Now go listen to your second listener of the day, locked on Mavericks. And remember, if you're an NFL fan, the ultimate mock draft is available. Thanks very much for tuning in.